Welcome back. Today on the podcast, we have fellow YouTuber B Wins. Come check it out. Thanks again so much for being here. I really appreciate you. Yeah, Dustin, thanks for having me on. I appreciate that uh, you get to give me my first podcast experience. So thank That's you again. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. It's crazy that you know that you haven't done one of these yet. Yeah, you know, I just haven't got around to it. I've just been making a bunch of recipe videos and kind of having just a one-track mind on that. And I want to slowly expand, and this is probably my first step of doing that. Speaking of your videos, what drew me to your videos was the the street food aspect. It was awesome. How did you how did you land on that? So, so I I I consider myself a foodie. I love food. Um, before I did keto, I would like go to other cities, go to other states sometimes, and just grab a bite to eat. And uh, when I started doing keto. I noticed there wasn't a lot of Asian food, especially a lot of Asian street food. I just want to share my keto recipes with everyone else. You know, like keto, it's so strange. Like a lot of people do it for weight loss or like health. But the reason why I stay on keto is for like the mental aspect. It's, it's just so nice not to have those peaks and valleys of energy throughout the day. You know, it's just steady, calm energy uh, from morning to night. And I'm pretty sure that's how you feel too on keto. And that's maybe oh. one of the reasons why you keep doing it. Oh yeah. Cause we've been, cause why I've been doing this like five years now. So, I mean, really came for the weight loss, stayed for everything else. I mean, that mental yeah. clarity is huge. Totally, man. Totally. Yeah. So you've been doing it for five years now, five years mm -hmm. straight. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. I was curious how long you've been doing it and how you found it. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing it for, uh, a few years now too, maybe four years, but totally on and off. I've, the, when I first started it, I did it for three months straight, like strict keto, no carbs whatsoever. Like the, the textbook way of doing it. Right. But then three months along the lines, kind of like lifestyle gets in the way. All the buddies want to go like drinking or going to concerts or get in a burrito, you know, and, eventually I just stopped or went on and off, right? So um, within the past year and a half, I discovered um, cyclical keto. So what I do now is that I do four days of keto and then one day of a cheat day. And that's given me great results. How do you find that that works? Like, how does that, uh, how, do you, how do you feel doing that? I mean, I know like if I have like a big mess up day or like a cheat day, depending on what we eat, sometimes it'll like hit me hard and I'll feel really bad. Is that something you find or are you finding that you found like a good, you know, a metabolic flexibility in what you're doing? Yeah, I, I feel like I have a good uh, metabolic flexibility. Like when I do my cheat day, I can bounce back real quick the very next day. It's normal. Keto is normal. But I do got to admit the day that I cheat, I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling kind of crappy throughout the day. I take a nap or two. <laughs> but um, I just line it up with my lifestyle. You know, if someone wants to go and get a drink, I'll do it only on my cheat day. I'll never do it on a keto day. Um, and I feel like it's kind of balanced out my life. 
And also for some strange reason, I got really lean doing this. Uh, I'm not sure if it's my own body or if, um, if it's my lifestyle now, because I do work out a lot. But by doing cyclical keto, I felt like I would maintain a lot of muscle, but also just lean down. Uh, I can't say it's the same for everyone, but it worked for me like that. Yeah, I saw you looked a little shredded. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> some of the pictures on Instagram, yeah. I was like, wow, he's in shape. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I do try to work out too, but I mean, I worked out before this uh, a cyclical keto thing, but um, staying on track just helped me, you know, like I would do keto on and off before, but there was no routine, you know, like maybe I'll do keto for a day and then I'll mess up a day and then I'll do keto for five days and I'll mess up for two weeks, you know, but now with the structure, I think my body just knows what's what to do what's coming when to put where and how to <laughs> manage my body i think yeah. that's very important i think that's huge when someone is taking on a lifestyle shift so and we talk about this every once in a while where if you're going to be successful in a lifestyle shift you have to make sure it fits you and not you try to cram yourself into the lifestyle right so Mm -hmm. someone like me who came to it for weight loss, just a small, quick background. In 2016, I started keto because I was over 400 pounds. So, wow. um, so that was huge for me. I needed to have surgery. I needed to lose weight to have the, the hernia surgery. Um, mm -hmm. was able to knock down about 30 pounds before the surgery. So I was able to get out of the 400 pound range into, into the high threes. But, and mm -hmm. since then we've got, you know, I've got down to, you know, like the, the high twos, like the lowest I've gotten so far was 275. Um, so. Dude, that's awesome. So did you end up getting the surgery? Oh yeah. Yeah. I had the surgery in August of 2016. Wow. Yeah. So. And then, and then you just kept on keto uh, ever since then. Right on. Yeah. I was listening to your uh, prior podcast and you mentioned something about, um, an extended fast. I think you did like a month or something like that. Yeah, I did 21 days at the beginning of this year. So from January 2nd through the 22nd. Mm -hmm. And did you supplement with anything or did you just do straight water? What was your uh, method of doing that? I did water and electrolytes. So wow. magnesium, potassium, sodium. That's very cool. I, I wanted to get your advice on that actually because, um, I did a 36 hour fast two weeks ago. First time doing it that long. And I felt like I uh, had a lot of energy. Was that kind of how you felt when you did your 21 day fast? 21 days is a little bit different. So, I mean, you feel good. You feel light on your feet. I felt, I never had like a super amount of energy, but like towards the end, we were having like flooring installed in our house and we were moving like we were basically moving one floor of the house to the next floor and then moving it all back down again to get the, you know, we'd have, so we had like vinyl plank flooring put in the, in the downstairs. So we had to move everything from the living room into the garage upstairs. And then we were having the carpet, new carpet put upstairs. So we had to move everything upstairs. That mm -hmm. wore me out. It probably wouldn't have been as bad if I wasn't fasting, but I stuck with it and I didn't break the fast just for that. Cause mm -hmm. I, I had, that was a bucket list fast for me. I don't know if I'll do that again. Yeah. I think, I think those real short ones. So like I've done like 48 hour fasts. I think 
those kind of fasts, the shorter ones, like, you know, 24, 36, 48 for me, I find are very invigorating. When you get into like the seven day, the 14 day and beyond, because you're doing it for like autophagy, you're doing it for like a body reset, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I find that at first it's very energizing and I don't ever feel really tired. I don't ever feel run down unless we're doing things like moving our entire house. So yeah. I think, so I think I usually have pretty good energy unless I'm doing something extremely energy, like demanding, I guess. If yeah, that cool. answers your, if that answers your question, yeah, it does. Um, were you working out during those twenty-one days, or was it just uh, a fast that you were doing? Uh, just a fast, because I don't really work out. I need to start um, mm-hmm. because, I mean, I think I should move more, especially now that everything's moved home and I don't go anywhere anymore, except maybe to Walmart. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't do yeah. anything anymore. So I really need to start like I got a jump rope. So I've started that. But I did one day a jump rope and I was doing it barefoot the other day. And I was Solid, the first. Man. So the first and only day I've done it. But like I was doing it barefoot and it, and when I would mess up because, you know, I'm 41 years old. Mm-hmm. So I haven't done jump rope since I was like 12 yeah. Give or take, right? So, yeah, and I'm still hot. a big, I'm a big dude. So, getting that jump rope going, mm-hmm. and I get it going, and I'm like, all right, all right. And then, like, would hit my feet, and it would hurt so bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, it's like a heavy jump rope, like a heavy, like that heavy, rubbery, plasticky kind of material. Um, mm-hmm. Hit your feet like two or three times with that. I had to go sit down and just like, like it hurts so bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, jump ropes is totally there's totally a technique to it. I don't, I haven't mastered that technique yet, but I'm working on it. Yeah. So since the pandemic started, I you know like all the gyms closed. So I think that's when I took keto super seriously and also worked out more seriously. But the workouts I did were all home like bootleg workouts, right? I'd had a 25 pound dumbbell. I had some running shoes and a pull-up bar. And um, I haven't, I don't think I posted a before and after photo of my results, but all of my like, like leanness and definition came from just home workouts, just home workouts and uh, the keto diet. So um, what I did was I just ran a lot. You can, I had the streets, I would just run the streets and then I'd really put in those uh, those dumbbells to work. Like those 25 dumbbells turn into uh, kettlebells. They turn into uh, everything, you know. I would do um, home workouts all day, every day. And th- I think just that itself is, is what got me there. So I think anyone can do this, you know. Like I think even with a jump rope, I think you can be – like goody beats, you know, <laughs> you, oh, could probably find a, you could probably find a workout, like tying your rope to a wall and do, doing like, I don't know, dumbbell curls or like rope curls with them, you know, um, it's out there, you know, it, and someone's probably made a YouTube video on it. That's why I love YouTube. I love finding channels like yours and, and seeing what other people are doing right now to get in shape and get healthy. Oh, of course. Yeah. Like, like I, like I said, you know, one day in a message to you as like, when I'm searching through YouTube, you think you've seen it all. Like you think, you know, you found 
all the keto YouTube channels there are. And then yours came up with like the Korean street food. And I'm like, oh, that's what I need. Because I'll tell you, <laughs> it was when I was fasting those 21 days, I would watch those. I would watch these like Korean like street food YouTube videos, like mm -hmm. the real ones, not keto ones, and watch yeah. them just for like an hour and watch them make like street food. I'm like, and you just sit there, just fasting. stare at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what, what is it called? Are you, uh, is that masochist or sadist? <laughs> He's like I, don't, I, I don't know what it is, but I mean, it just, it helped me. Like I would watch that and I'd watch, I don't know if you know who Randy Santel is. No, he I haven't is, heard of him. he's this like, he's like six foot five, six foot six or some giant dude. And he does these food challenges where he eats like, he'll do, it's like what he does for a living. And he, he's, uh, he'll eat like six, seven, eight pounds of food in a sitting like, every day. Man. And I would just watch his, because he puts out content like, four or five plus videos a week. So it was just a consistent stream of his videos when I'm fasting mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there watching it. And my wife's like, you're disgusting. <laughs> she's like, I don't, she's like, I don't understand how you're watching that video of that man yeah. eating all that food. And I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> so what does he look like? Is he like a bigger guy? Is he in shape? Is he a twig? How he's like a he bodybuilding. He's a big, like a bigger bodybuilder guy. He's like, he like his motto is like eat to lift. So nice. I think, you know, he gets big when he's on, when he's like on the circuit of all this, you know, cause his channel, he's got like over a million subs. Mm -hmm. So he makes, he makes pretty good money eating for a living. That's awesome. Have you uh, heard of a uh, furious Pete before he's, I'm not sure if he's still mm -hmm. doing stuff, but he, he's also a bodybuilder, also a competitive eater. And uh, he once mentioned that like, you take all that food in and most of it comes out looking like how it came in. So <laughs> like, mm. I think like 80% of the food isn't even digested. It just goes in and out. You know, I think it's kind of the body adapting and knowing, Hey man, this guy's a psycho. He's going <laughs> to, he's going to bombard us with a hundred hot dogs. He's going to, well, yeah. I mean, a lot of those competitive eaters who do it like once or twice a year, like the guys who do like the Nathan's hot dog one or like some of the big yeah. wing challenge ones. But I don't know how it would be like if you're doing it every day. Like I know his videos come in handy when I'm doing a fast, but yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's a we it's I don't really watch him too much outside of that either. So like I don't go and watch like the street vendor videos or his videos until I'm fasted. And then I'm like. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. But I, it's like weird because I'll get ideas for videos. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to make I'm going to make this and I'm going to turn that into a video. Yeah. I was going to ask you, how do you come up with your recipe ideas? Um, do you just look at stuff and, you know, you go like, oh, I'm going to ketify that. I'm going to turn that keto. I'm going to try to put my spin on it. Is that what you do? Yeah, I think, you know, I do that a lot. I do that. Like, what do my, you know, what does my wife want? What do I want to eat? What does, mm -hmm. my, you know, we only have one kid left with us right now. So the other two have moved out. So mm -hmm. I was talking about making the chicken nugget video because, which was like one of my newest videos I just put out this week is the chicken nuggy video. And I was like, okay, I need, that's something I don't see too much on the internet. I don't see a ton of chicken nugget videos with keto and my son was like, you need to do dino nuggies. <laughs> and so we ordered, so we ordered the molds on Amazon and threw them, threw them in there. So 
Yeah, I've been meaning to try your uh, your cauliflower hash brown recipe. That looked amazing, man. Um, I want to maybe put like a McDonald's spin on it or something, you know, try to get it similar to McDonald's, you know, their hash browns. Those are like some of my favorites. So um, you might want to try, might want to try using like for theirs, you might want to try a little nutritional yeast, maybe. Nutritional yeast. Oh yeah. I'll try it out. I haven't cooked with it yet. Any, any advice on that? Yeah, I haven't, I've not used it either, but I know people use it to make like, um, like when they're making jicama fries and stuff. Mm-hmm, they'll they'll mm-hmm. dip them in the nutritional yeast and bake them or fry them. So I figured I that might be a way to kind of get that extra like crispy texture on them because those those McDonald's ones they're weird too. They're not made. They're not. There's not a lot of extra stuff. I think there's some starch in there too outside of the potatoes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they have a weird shape for sure. I was thinking about making something like that, but I couldn't find. I didn't see any molds that easy. So. Yeah. That's why I, yeah, isn't it funny how each of these keto recipes are like a chemistry project? Like, I can't tell you how much uh, almond flour I've wasted, <laughs> how much fan <laughs> gum goes into the trash, and I try to eat everything, but a lot of it just like tastes like shit, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. The, right the other day, the other day I was trying to make this. Uh, I was trying to make um, battered shrimp and battered cheese curds. So I whipped mm-hmm. up, I, I took like a, an eight and a half ounce bag of pork rinds and grind them all down. And then I added like a dozen eggs to it, trying to get it to be thin and mm-hmm. like batter like, but it just kept getting so thick. I couldn't dredge the shrimp in it. And, like, it was, and the shrimp wouldn't stick to it. So I guess I've got to do like, I've got to do where you dip it in the egg, put it in like, and then dip it into the pork rinds and then throw it in the fryer. That's probably the only way I'm going to be able to do it. But then yeah. I had this huge mixing bowl, of this batter. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was, it was like, you know, a dozen eggs and a big bag of Walmart pork rinds. I'm like, what uh, am I going to? So no, I just, I feel, right. I feel the pain, man. <laughs> I didn't want to throw it away. And then I had all this raw shrimp too. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do? And I'm sitting there because I had filmed like two half videos. I was like trying to film like the cheese curd and the, uh, and the shrimp video at the same time. And mm-hmm. then it just, it all fell apart. So I've just got this footage sitting there that's totally unusable. And then I just yeah. take this. And then I was like, just scooped it into my molds. Yeah. And, and then I just put the shrimp on top of it. And then it came out like these little shrimp puffs. And I was like, oh, and those were awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I, had, know, I, I, hope, <clears throat> I hope your story um, inspires people to appreciate your efforts. You know, all of the all the YouTubers making all these recipes for people. I hope people like more highly appreciate you and, and everyone else cooking because sometimes I get comments saying, oh, you just put on protein powder and threw it in the uh, the air fryer. I'm like, yeah, but I also put 10 other different things on it beforehand. And uh, even though the recipe is simple, it took a while to get there. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, so before keto, I didn't do all the cooking in the house. My wife did mm-hmm. when we, you know, cause she can cook with flour and she can make whatever she wants and it all works perfect. We went keto and she's a total disaster in the kitchen. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm just like, okay, well, we're going to do this. And she's, I don't understand how you get that all to work. I can't make that stuff work. 
So she got mad, and I do like ninety percent of the cooking now. Yeah, and no, so here. making I cook cakes. all my most of my <laughs> girlfriend's food too. <laughs> so I mean, it's just one. I mean, it, the back end is kind of crazy. Like when then like the videos come out, they're polished, they're cut, they're edited, everything looks okay. I I don't think I had a respect for what goes into YouTube videos until I started making them on it. You know, now I look at some of the bigger production videos, like, you know, like food theory videos or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, that just, of course, he's got like a team of people, but. Oh yeah. Dude, this is a full-time job. Like all the platforms, like posting one thing a day on even Instagram, freaking full-time job. So I, I'm just trying to like parse more time towards, all this creative social media stuff and trying to back away from other things right now. But yeah, man, I totally appreciate every creator out there and how hard they work. They're insane like to make this their lifestyle. Like I, I, I was doing Instagram for a long time. I started Instagram shortly after, or at least my keto Instagram shortly after starting keto, started my Twitter shortly after. And the Twitter just kind of blew up for some weird reason. Like over mm-hmm. 6,000 followers without any real effort. I would just mm-hmm. look at it every day and have like 100 new followers. I'm like, where does it even come from? I'm not posting every day. I'm just like retweeting stuff. And yeah. the Instagram, the Instagram took a while. Uh, you know, I just get 4,000 just this month. Dude, um, that's awesome. That took a long time. But, <laughs> I, and, but it's, but it's, I mean, it's very, that's very fulfilling. And then I, I started the YouTube channel last year. I, I, I recorded my video and a buddy of mine edited it. I sent it to him and he edited it and put it up for me because I didn't know what I was doing with editing anything. I didn't know how to do any of this. And yeah. then his life got way too busy. So he only did one video for me. So my channel kind of set for a whole year. So mm-hmm. that way, like this year, my resolution was that 21 day fast and to really kick off this channel. And I started just filming with my phone, editing with the with Vlog Now app on my phone. So I did everything with my phone, and I kind of got good with that, or at least proficient, if you will. And mm-hmm. then I started, and I, the problem that I had with my phone is my videos that I recorded with that the focus would fade in and out. Oh, okay. no, I, like no matter what I did, like if I was filming in my living room, it would pick up on my ceiling fan. So I would have to stop the ceiling fan and then it would still fade in and out. I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I went and bought a GoPro and that's what I've been using now. But now with the GoPro, it doesn't make sense to do it on my phone. So I've been editing on my computer using DaVinci 17. Okay. But, nice. but it's, but it's really resource heavy. My computer like coughs and chokes and yeah, I bought a whole new laptop for, for all this video editing I needed uh, more memory, more RAM. So I'm like, you know what? Let's just throw it down. Let's just do it. I'm, I got nothing else to spend money on. Everything's closed anyways. Let's just uh, make videos and have fun with it. So how? Oh, so you mentioned you started like five years ago with keto. Yeah. What, what got you into it? What um, got you on the keto journey? How did you even hear about it? It started with the process of going to the doctor for the hernia surgery and stepping mm-hmm. on that scale and being like, well, I'm over 400 pounds, 421 pounds. That hits you like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about going low carb, but we didn't really even have an idea what that meant. Mm-hmm. We didn't even really know what a carb meant. Like, well, we'll cut out carbs. So we started going to the grocery store almost like date nights and spending like an hour and a half at the store looking through like 
each aisle and everything that we used to buy, everything that we used to think was healthy, just to look at the labels and go, okay, well, this is, well, this is what we used to get. To, we, you know, this is oats. That's got to be healthy. Wait, this is like 35 grams of carbs per serving. How's this healthy? How's this? This is really high carb. Oh, quinoa, that's all carbs. Pasta is all carbs. Um, cereal, all this stuff, all the stuff that we used to buy thinking that we were doing good for ourselves, not low in carbs. So, I mean, there was that real awakening, I think, with that. And then, so like we really started low carb for the surgery. So we started the low carb, trying to cut as many carbs as we could. And that morphed into the keto at around September after it had my surgery, as I found, I, I was looking for re- like low carb recipes, like low carb soup recipes. Low, and it was, there was so many, or I should say there wasn't as many sites as there are now for, for good recipes. And I kept coming across this, um, this website that was for, epileptic people and that was mm-hmm. all like how strict keto is for epileptics and that's and i was like oh that's really weird and strict is they're like even in like the ingredients list they were like watch out for this but make sure you don't use this and use this and i'm like wow that's really weird and strict but what's this keto thing i kept seeing keto and I'm like and i was like okay well i'll go to podcasts and i found the two keto dudes and I binged, I binged them. It was like 50 some episodes when I found them and I listened yeah. to them all. They were like an hour each. And I just was working and listening to them. And I basically episode one with them was one of the hosts, his first day, first week on keto. So you kind of followed his journey and I was able to follow that and kind of start ourselves. So I got the wife on board. We went through the house. We emptied everything out of the house. So I know a lot of people don't necessarily do that, especially if they have kids or the people living in the house. Well, yeah. they were along for the ride, whether they liked it or not. So because oh, I had too much. Kids are, are used to doing keto with well, you guys, they, man. They were. If they were at home, they were keto. Now, okay. they were, yeah. So the other, you know, the older two don't necessarily do keto. They know the benefits and they know they should. And they mm-hmm. talk about, oh, we're going to start keto on Monday. We're, but they don't. And our youngest, who's 17, he understands the benefits of keto because he was he was really like kind of chubby. And then he like thinned out really like just crazy. The guy who was on he's played rugby and he was athletic and he could run. And then he got a little older and was around his siblings more once they moved out. And then like the food choices became more open to him. Mm-hmm. And we had less control over what, and so he pretty much gained a lot of his weight back, even though he, you know, they all know, they've seen, you know, the success that we've had, they understand the benefits, but I don't think they're in a place where they're really ready to commit, not at like 21, 22 years old. Oh yeah. I feel it. Like I, I committed pretty seriously to keto almost primarily because of the COVID pandemic. So I'm a a respiratory therapist and I work in the hospital. And when COVID hit, I was freaking scared because we didn't know what it was. I was seeing all these videos on on Italy and New York in the beginning, you know, and I saw all of our supplies were running low. And I 
And I just knew, or I suspected that I wouldn't have enough gear like N95 masks or paper shields or, or maybe even gowns or bunny suits, you know? So I thought my only option was just to get healthy. And that's when I took keto super seriously. That, that, I think that's that along with the lack of drinking and partying and going out, uh, kind of cemented keto for me. And now that things are kind of opening up already, I still don't uh, go crazy. Like I'll go, I'll go crazy uh, on my cheat day. Like on my cheat day, I'll start off the cheat day with a box, like a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. And then I might have a beer at the end of the day. <laughs> so you <laughs> no, go all out. <laughs> it's, it's, and then that's just my beginning, you know? And then I go for a burger, half a pizza, and I really go at it on my cheat day. And that's why I take my naps and I have my ups and downs throughout the day. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like when you're young, it's pretty hard to stay on a diet or, or think long-term about your health and or wanting to restrict your, your eating habits so much. But there's so much benefits, like the, the mental clarity, the, the productivity you can have on keto or low carb it's phenomenal. You know, like I don't take naps on keto. I'm not sure if that's the same with you. Do you day, day sleep at all? <laughs> well, well, <laughs> that really depends. Cause a lot of, a lot of my days, like I, I watch my granddaughter yeah. during the day, during the day, uh -huh. a couple of days a week and she takes naps. So when she takes a nap, I might sit back with her and I might doze off. Yeah, but I, I mean, and I think that's more because she's, well, she runs me wild. So she's, mm -hmm. come on, Paul, come on, Paul, let's go play in my room, Paul. Come on, let's go <laughs> dancing, dance, jump, 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 let's play. Let's, and I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> and then she's ready for a nap, and, and you know, and you know, she'll zonk out, and I'll sit there with her, and and then I might doze off, or I might not. I might get something done, like with social media and stuff on my phone, but. <clears throat> there are days where I kind of feel like I want a nap and I think that's just, I, but I don't feel like, like I used to, where I used to like almost always fall asleep when we watch TV. It's like when mm -hmm. we would watch, we would finally get sat down at the end of the night and go to watch like game of Thrones or whatever. And I'd be like, just dozed <laughs> off. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I think with that, like my alertness throughout the day, my, I don't really need naps. Mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoy them, <laughs> but oh, I don't, I but I don't necessarily that. need them. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned, you know, so being a, you know, being a respiratory therapist, my wife's an RN. Yeah. So, okay. so we dealt with the same thing. So we're in mm -hmm. Indiana, you're in California, mm -hmm. right? That's correct. Yep. California. Okay. So, so you area. guys locked down. Yeah. So you guys yeah. locked down way more than us. Okay. I mean, we still mm -hmm. kind of, we, we still shut down. I mean, there was still, especially like mid last year, beginning like mm -hmm. March, April, May. So we still saw some of it, but nothing like California. But in the beginning, yeah. we were scared too. So we would, you know, we would take as much precautions as we could. She would come home from work. We would put all of her work clothes, <clears throat> wouldn't leave the garage. Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we would make sure all of her work clothes were in a, in a, in a bag. We would take the bag straight up to the laundry, put it in the laundry. She would, you know, make sure she wasn't wearing anything from work. She even still to this day puts her phone in a Ziploc. I don't know what it, I don't know that really does anything, but so her phone's not necessarily ever 
So she takes the phone and puts it in the Ziploc before she leaves the house and then doesn't take it out of the Ziploc till she gets home from work. So I don't know if that actually does anything or not, but I mean, we were trying to awesome. do whatever we could, right? Just to help, you know, because none of us got it. We think, well, we think she may have had it in the beginning before mm -hmm. we knew what the symptoms were because she went through that the very, like, the winter time before we, everything locked down. She was like, I can't taste anything and I can't smell anything. Then she was asking people at work, have you heard any of these symptoms before? Anything like this? They're like, oh, we don't know what that is. So we didn't know. So she probably should have quarantined, but we just didn't know. Yeah. And, then I, <clears throat> and then I was going to work because mm -hmm. we didn't know. I mean, this was, you know, November, December. I think it might have been December-ish, maybe January when she had that. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little fuzzy when it gets that far back, right? But I worked yeah, in like an I worked in like a big an office building, a big office building in downtown mm -hmm. and and we didn't know. And then when we started figuring it out, then we understood like you know the comorbidities and everything that were really impacting people. Like it was people that were like two and a half comorbidities were more likely to succumb to um, you know, issues and need to be the and, you know, need the respirator or whatever. Yep. But even at the, but at the beginning, yeah, we didn't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the precautions were great. I think now we realize it's, I mean, it's still detrimental to some people. But um, I think it's, uh, hopefully people are coming around to the fact that you kind of have to take care of your body because that helps out a lot. I, I just did it just to, just to ensure that, like, hey, I'm seeing a pattern at work. These type of people who are let's say overweight or older are, are uh, working harder with COVID. So I'm just like, let's just get as ripped as possible. Let's take care of your body. Let's get all the vitamins and let's get this keto in. And um, I think that's, it's like so beneficial because you protect yourself from a disease, right? And you get the mental benefits and you look good without a shirt. It's just like, <laughs> it's just everything, man. <laughs> I, can't, I, mean, I can't stop selling keto. You know, I can't stop selling it. And I, I love what you're doing because you're giving other people more options, more recipes. I would have never thought of like keto dino nuggets, you know, <laughs> but I'm glad you're out there doing your thing, you know. And I'm glad you're doing like the street food aspect because mm -hmm. I think there's, there's a definite lack of that. I mean, I know that there's a couple, there's like the Keto Twins, I think is what they're called, or Keto Sisters or Keto Twins, and they oh. do like some Asian-inspired food. I, I would, I would I like to see, yeah. Yeah, there's a, a, a two, I think cousins I follow, two Asian girls who do uh, Asian food, Keto Asian food. I think they're called the Keto Room, if you, if anyone wants to check them out. Um, but yeah, there's 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 a lot of keto stuff out there, not too much Asian food. So that's kind of where I like to focus my videos on uh, because I, I eat a ton of Asian food. So like what I usually do is I'll I'll do an Asian dish for a recipe and then I'll do like an American Western dish. You know, like today I released a, a burnt ends video. Oh, like, I saw that. Burnt ends. Oh, man, I love dude. barbecue. It's, it's my jam, man. Korean I didn't barbecue, think... American barbecue. I didn't think to put the wood chips in the air fryer, man. Yeah, you know, I thought I was going to break my air fryer doing that. <laughs> I, I had to watch it the whole time, make sure it didn't burn my house down, make sure it didn't explode. But uh, yeah, just 
I soaked them in water, kind of like how you would do if you would smoke it regularly. And uh, the water evaporated off the wood chips, hit the pork belly in the perfect way and gave it a better taste. So I hope you try it out or I hope anyone wow. watching tries that out too. I'm going to, I'm going to try that. I'm going to, cause we love pork belly. Like now, the, like, did you get yours with the, I, I haven't got a chance to watch your video yet. I did see the pictures on, uh, on Instagram. Yeah. The, I put that yeah. one on Instagram. So yeah. yeah so, so you, all I did was, uh, put some wood chips under the tray. So as, uh, the air fryer would heat up, it would evaporate the air up, I believe. And then all the juices would kind of sizzle down. And I think that would evaporate too. I'm, I'm not a air fryer scientist, but I think that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds now what now I like I since I didn't watch the video, did you get did your pork belly did you get did you get it from Costco or did you get it from like a, like an Asian market? Costco. Yeah, Costco. Costco's okay. Free. Um okay, it's the one that's still raw and it, yeah. it they're not in uh the big slabs. They were already cut long ways like bacon and like an inch thick at the top. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so all I did was I cut it one inch by one inch and then threw in the air fryer and then magic happened. The, the air oh. fryer is so sick. I love that yeah. thing. I think I made. I wish it wasn't so big because we had to keep mine in the garage if we're not using it just because it takes up so much space and it's yeah. heavy to move around. <laughs> it is, man. Yeah, you sound like you got like, like a heavy duty one. I got like a small petite one, but um, I also used my girlfriend's humongous one. Like I, I did one slab for the video and then I took out her heavy duty one for the rest of them. But it sounds like you have the heavy duty one. Yeah. We got the big ninja one. That's also like an instant pot too. Oh, Oh sweet. So it's like you can open it up and then there's another lid that goes on top for the instant pot. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I've been wanting to uh, invest in a Traeger or like a smoker or a cool grill barbecue thing, but you know, it. I'm just never home. I'm always working or I'm always out and about. So, my air fryer comes everywhere with me. <laughs> I think. So I cool. think if Traeger wants to sponsor me and give me a free grill, uh, they're like seven hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that. Would be, I think it's almost like it's like, and I'm, and it's not going to be a derogatory statement when I say it like this. But to me, it, it seems like it would be like the microwave of grills because. All you got to do is turn it on and then it starts mm -hmm. feeding the pellets in and then it mm -hmm. cooks your food and then you turn it off. It's, I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a gas grill because we had a gas grill and it just kind of like disintegrated over time because mm -hmm. it just sits out and, you know, being in Indiana, we have all the seasons. So like yep. it'd sit in the winter time and we would, and it just basically fell apart. Like the, the gas lines rusted apart. So we don't have a grill right now. And I've been kind of like, putting that feeler out there on a Traeger it's like we found one was like a scratch and dent one for like 500 bucks the other day but it was uh -huh. like 500 bucks yeah that's still 500 dollars yeah oh yeah and, and i know joe rogan lives and dies by his and i'm like wow man just mm -hmm. you hook me up man <laughs> i know because <laughs> i'm, you I'm know, poor I'll man Traeger and i'll advertise for free just give me a Traeger. <laughs> oh dude yeah i mean i'd be like i <laughs> what'd you i made cereal on my Traeger. <laughs> i would eat it on everything <laughs> Is I is then yeah. like we've got like these uh, these rules like these rule stores like uh, like Rule King, mm -hmm. and and they and you can buy like the pellets by like the pallet load like uh, you can buy a literal ton of the pallets for like two hundred dollars. 
So like, I, I didn't really look look into tr uh, like the the grills yet, but what I've seen was that they have uh, like a smart system. It, it connects to your phone and it lets you mm -hmm. know is that all triggers or is it just the newer ones or do they have old school triggers that don't do that? I think I think all of their higher end ones have that capability, but I I, mm -hmm. I don't I don't know I don't know enough about them. It's like I just know like they have some like more affordable ones that are like five hundred dollars, and they have some that are seven hundred and fifty, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars. Yeah, because that's so that's I imagine sold me. That, yeah. that that app stuff. I'm like, whoa, this is a smart grill. Like yeah. I would like the Lamborghini of Traegers. I want the the fully decked out, freaking um, pellet yourself, cook it yourself, serve it yourself, Traeger. Oh yeah. That's what yeah. I want. Because I figure you can set it, and then that way I don't worry about my meat being overdone because I'm a very blue rare type of person. I like my uh, meat as rare as possible. Not everybody mm -hmm. in my house is on that train, but, you know, I just – Yeah, no, I feel it. I love rare too, man. That's the way to eat it. That's how I cook it because my motto is, well, you can cook it more. You can cook – you can put it in the microwave or you can put it on the on – the, but you can't uncook it. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So if it gets overcooked, then I'm like, I got to eat a tough steak, and you uh -huh. can put yours on the skillet for a little bit longer. <laughs> uh huh. Do you ever mess with the sous vide? Do you know what that is? Yeah, I have one. Okay. So do you ever make your steaks in there? I was thinking about picking one up and making some sous vide recipes, but um, what I've generally seen is that people would put it in there for a couple hours, get it nice and soft and then sear it at the end. Is that generally what you do with the sous vide? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like like a, a bag, like a bag version of like confit. Oh, okay. So like basically what you're doing is you're just putting it in a bag. I never did, I never had like um, the air sealer bag. So I just would use Ziplocs and just mm -hmm. drop them in and let them be in there for like an hour. Basically, you just want to get them up to whatever your rare temperature is. So like 128 degrees or whatever. So you just want mm -hmm. it in there long enough to get the meat to 128, throw it on the, on the, the skillet, hot, hot skillet, sear it up and you're good to go. That way your middle isn't all cold. Oh, this, okay. So that's the same thing with like, with confit. I have a, like, a, I think it's one of the YouTube shorts. I have a, a, a steak confit video where I take two, uh, two steaks and I put them in uh, avocado oil. So I cover them with avocado oil and some garlic, and I put it in the oven at 200 degrees uh, until – I put it in there a little longer. I put it in there for like an hour, maybe mm -hmm. hour or two, I think. So they came out like medium, which is a little overdone for me, but they were still really tender. So you just take them out, you throw them on the skillet for a few seconds each side, and then you've got mm -hmm. perfectly cooked steaks. Basically a long way to do the – it's like a less precise but long-winded way of doing like a uh, a sous vide, and there is a really great sous vide channel. Uh, it's called Sous Vide Everything. That guy Everything. He does some cool I stuff. Check yeah, him out. that sounds awesome. Yeah, so like, I make my my keto recipes, and some of them are are really intricate. Some of them are fancy. Some of them more in depth. But basically, I the majority of my diet steak and eggs, steak and eggs, and then more steak and eggs. Uh, is that kind of what you do too? Yeah, I mean beef and eggs, chicken. Because mm -hmm. I mean, really simple's so best. I mean, yeah. Because yeah. if I'm making all these like days that I'm making these videos, it takes like a good amount of time. Mm 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm making though. I, if I'm taking the time to cook, I'm making enough to put back. So I'll make a, a big amount when I make the videos, even though they may not last very long. Yeah. So because <laughs> we eat, man. So yeah, I mean, on a day to day, you know, like tonight, I might make. My wife's at work. She'll be home around eight o'clock, my time, mm-hmm. and so I'll probably throw in just have some like chicken. And make chicken and eggs, maybe a little bit of onion in it, and mm-hmm. call it a day. Something super easy, and then I can make extra. She can take it to work tomorrow. Because we mm-hmm. went to B-Dubs last night um, because they're one of the only places that cooks their wings in, uh, in beef tallow instead of like her hydrogenated oil. So I didn't know that. I yeah. I go there more often. Yeah. Now, the sauces are all like soybean oil and all that stuff, but. Yeah. I mean, you can be you can be easy on the sauces. I mean, that's not gonna. That's like you're probably having a couple. Like I get my wings naked because if, if you mm-hmm. let them shake them up, then you're getting who knows how much. There's no real mm-hmm. way to know. Yeah, absolutely. So I get them. We get them naked, and then we just dip them in the sauce. Like, I can get like the Caribbean jerk, which is like I think it's like ten grams of carbs per serving, but I'm barely using a full serving. So if my meal mm-hmm. is ten carbs, it's not that big of a deal. I'm going to no, have a diet, you. you know, I mean, it's yeah. not, I mean, and that, and that's like the cheat for us. I mean, is going out like that and having like BW3s or whatever, or the, mm-hmm. you know, last week we had, uh, we had Thai food, mm-hmm. Asian food, man. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> I, I know, man. Like all that sweet and salty and bit, yeah. like, all of it together. Is so awesome. And all the carbs, Asian carbs are the best, man. All the noodles and the rice and. Oh, well, it's still better because I think. Because if you look at, do you uh, receive the 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 channel Serious Keto? I think I've heard of them, but I haven't I haven't gotten to into the channel yet. No, he did. Uh, he's done a couple resistant starch videos where he mm-hmm. did rice, like cold rice that had been like cooked and then reheated, and how it affected his blood glucose and everything. Mm. And obviously, it's nowhere near as bad as like wheat. So if you're going to have like rice noodles, might as well go with the rice noodles yeah. instead of like wheat noodles. And he just did tapioca starch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't bump him up like five points. Okay. Do you measure your, all your blood work and, and your day to day? Yeah. Not, me day, not, not day to day. I go based on feel. Like if I wake up mm-hmm. and my, and I've got achy joints, I know I did something wrong mm-hmm. and I have to think back, well, what did I eat yesterday? Do you ever get the puffy face? I know you have oh, a, like an epic beard, but but are you able to see through, through the beard? Oh, I mean, I can feel it. I mean, I can feel it in my joints, man. I mean, that's mm. the first thing I notice. Like, is my belly puffy? Is you know, does my do my knees bother me or my my finger joints will bother me too some days if I'm not on plan? Like when I like, oh, I'll just be like, oh, I guess I ate the wrong stuff yesterday. Yeah, and, I, and I've noticed that since the beginning. Like even if we like went crazy and eat too much keto stuff or like especially like keto mm-hmm. treats and stuff and not really the cleanest stuff that mm-hmm. you'll just really feel it in your joints You're just like oh so i mean that to me right there shows me like if eating an abundance of stuff that is quote-unquote keto can have that effect on my body why would i risk going back to the normal food and then feeling like total garbage because i think mm-hmm. growing up we didn't, you know, at least I didn't know better. I grew up in a home where we ate Crisco and 
you know, all the all kinds of everything was breaded and, you know, really cheap you, food and everything. So, you know, I you, and you don't realize how bad you feel until you feel good. Absolutely. I was about to ask you, did you ever notice your your joints hurting beforehand or were you so dull to the, the joint pain? And then you realize, oh, damn, I have joint pain. And now that I'm doing keto, it is relieved now. So people, I, I feel like people are in pain without knowing they're in pain. And so oh, dude, definitely. Of pain. Yeah. And I was taking like five doses. I was taking like five doses a day, or like more than I should of ibuprofen. I was taking ibuprofen like five times a day, mm-hmm. and which is no good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was taking too much ibuprofen. I was taking like Benadryl like five, six times a day. I was on omeprazole for a long time. So heartburn mm-hmm. medication for a long time. And I don't take any of that stuff now. Like if I'm taking, if I take like ibuprofen, it's because I have like a really bad headache or something, which is not too often. Mm-hmm. Um, or I have like, like hurt myself or something. You know what I mean? It's not like just to get through the day like it used to be. Cause I mean, that was just, a, I wake up, my routine was wake up, take my ibuprofen, take my Benadryl, take my omeprazole and start my day. That was just to get me out, just to get me out the door. And then I had mm-hmm. other, like at my office, I had him in my drawer. I had more of it just in case. Man. And you got all that since keto. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. So do I don't have like, carbs? do you track your carbs throughout the day anymore? Do you like, do like 30 carbs, 50 carbs under 20? Or do you just go with the flow these days since you've been doing it mostly, so long? Mostly it's, it's as close to zero as possible. So mm-hmm. that, that's my, like, zero would be a, a perfect day for me, like, no carbs. So I'm having, like, just beef and eggs. Mm-hmm. And maybe, and maybe I mean, I know there's some residual carbs and, like, heavy cream, but cream in mm-hmm. my in my coffee in the morning. Um, so, I mean, that might be maybe three, four carbs in the morning. And then if I have beef and then maybe, like, whatever might be in some onion or, and some broccoli or whatever throughout if I'm going to have something like that. But on a normal average day, I don't really track it because it's not, I mean, it would be negligible. Yeah. Cause it's all coming from veggies and or fruit. Do you mess with fruit at all? Or do you I eat don't it really, every once in a while? I don't. I mean, every once in a while we'll have like when my granddaughter's over, she'll have me like, have, like she'll eat like the cuties, little tangerine things. And she'll mm-hmm. give me one of those. I might have one of those, like one little, like little piece of tangerine, mm-hmm. just to pacify her to keep her happy. Paul, eat it, eat it, Paul. It's numbs. It's numbs, Paul. Oh, and I, you know, and I eat it, or you know, our bite of apple every once in a while. But primarily, we just give her berries, berries and apples. Um, yeah. and she likes eggs, and she's really big on eggs and cheese, um, and the chicken nuggets and stuff like that. So. She's like a little keto baby. <laughs> nice. So she's she's ready for your dino nuggets then. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I mean. I want to make those for her because that's something that I can have in the fridge just to warm mm-hmm. them up quick for her. I mean, because I she eats eggs almost every day. Like, she'll eat two eggs and she's two and a half. Wow. So, oh, yeah. Dang. Well, she's, uh, she's wearing like a 4T. So, I mean, she's a big kid. But she's like, <laughs> but she's like really, like, she seems really skinny. But she's, mm-hmm. but she's not. She just seems yeah. like I, I mean, she's active and she's happy, and she's like, 
I mean, she naps like a normal baby, you know, normal toddler does, but she doesn't have like really violent mood swings or anything like that. Like I think like a lot of the carb addicted kids do. Mm-hmm. Not really the yeah, crashes. No, I, I haven't looked too much into keto and uh, teenagers or preteens or kids and, and, and how it would work for them. I imagine it'd be good for them, but um, have you looked into that at all? Because I, I, I recommend keto to everyone who's an adult. And um, but I haven't looked too much into recommending it to kids yet. Do you, do you, how do you feel about keto for kids? I, I mean, realistically, kids kind of come out of the box, if you will, with, uh, with like a very flexible meta- They have a very flexible metabolism. They can go from sugar to carb very easily, or like, or mm-hmm. I mean, like carbs and sugar to fat adapted very easily because mm-hmm. they're not, they're, they're not so inundated yet where their systems are totally jacked up by years and years of only carbs and not really mm-hmm. being able to burn fat. I think as a, as a child, I don't see, you know, them having the fruit and veggies and carrots and, and the occasional French fries and stuff, because those are obvious things that are easy to feed to kids and they like French fries. And, you know, they know what McDonald's is. And I don't see a real reason to, you know, to not give that to them every once in a while. Yeah. But I think their, I think their foundation should be in like a keto foundation. I mean, I think all of us really should. And I know that everybody says that, well, everybody's different. Keto won't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if it's not working for you, it's probably something that you're doing that's not making it work for you. And I mean, I, I know so that's true. a. I think that's a big, broad statement. And there's there's probably doctors out there who would probably disagree with me. And I'm sure there's mm-hmm. some out there who would stand up and clap. But I think, yeah. I think doing anything you can do to make to make your diet different from the standard American is going to do you a lot of good. Like even v- people when they go vegan at first, they see mm-hmm. a lot of benefits. And they, yeah. I mean, they may not be getting enough actual like bioavailable protein, but I think they're good. I mean, they're not eating as much. I mean, you can be a total trash vegan too and eat like just vegan chili dogs all day too. But I mean, but it's better than the standard McDonald's every day. Yeah. That, that they were are doing, you know, like I guess, yeah, not getting enough protein on vegan. It's still better than the standard American diet. Right. Uh, yeah, I think I would agree with you. I just anecdotally, all the people I have recommended and I see on keto, the majority of them do better overall on keto. So I I can't cite any studies or or um, look at or I, I haven't referenced any papers, but just from my own anecdotal evidence, I think keto works for <laughs> the majority I mean, of people. It- I mean, it really does. I've had countless people who've come to me to get them started. And I'm like, look, I'm not a doctor, but this is what I do. And if you make this work for you, you will see results. And 50% of people really see results and continue. Some people really kind of like, kind of have, you know, they don't wholeheartedly jump into it. So they may not necessarily see the results they expect to see. They may think they're doing it as strict as they think, but they're not. So they're not necessarily seeing the results. And I'm not mm-hmm. like a licensed dietitian. I'm not getting paid to watch everything they do. So I don't, I mean, 
I, it's really difficult for me to know exactly what they are, aren't doing. Are they telling me the truth? So I've, I've, you know, like my brother, my brother, like cured his fatty liver with keto, like quick too. Like, you know, the doctor diagnosed him with fatty liver and Mm -hmm. in the time he got diagnosed, he needed to have his gallbladder removed. And at the time getting diagnosed to like going and having the gallbladder removed, I think it was like three months. I think, I think he was able to like pretty much knock out his fatty liver. So, I mean, it's powerful stuff. Yeah, man. It's, there's something there to it. So, and I think that's why I love what you're doing and what other keto channels are doing, because the more you kind of talk about it and the more people do it, the more cool recipes come out, the cooler ways to do keto come out. Like we might discover ways to do keto that we didn't know were possible. Like maybe there's a plant that has a lot of protein that we haven't discovered yet, or that's very niche that is amazing, you know, and I want to know what that plant is. I want to hear about that plant and maybe I can turn that to like a lasagna someday. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, yeah, there's that Palomi plant, like the heart of palm. Palomi, let me write that down. It's like, it's, it's the, I think that's the brand name. I started finding it at Walmart. It's like heart of palm. Uh-huh. I actually use it. There's a lasagna noodle. There's a lasagna like, and then like a linguine shape, linguine uh-huh. shape. Uh, and they come in cans and you can find them at Walmarts. Maybe if not at your local Walmart, you can like have it shipped to you from other ones. Okay. Um, yeah, into that. Um, and it's really low carb. And I made um, like keto hamburger helper out of the, uh, the bigger noodles, the lasagna noodles. I cut them down and made oh. uh, keto hamburger helper. So, and that was yeah, really good. That like, my teenage boy devoured that. He ate almost all of it. I made a huge batch. (laughs) He's like a bottomless pit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like food goes quick in your house. You made like a whole thing of what was that? The hash browns that were gone the next day. Oh man. (laughs) I make those. I mean, and well, like before, like right when the pandemic started, there was like seven people living in my house. Mm -hmm. And so I would cook that much on a normal night. And now there's just three of us and I'll cook that when I'm making things like that. Cause I hope that maybe it'll go in the fridge and it'll last, but I'll make chaffles. I'll make like 26 chaffles and then I'll eat those for a couple of days and those will last. And my boy, he eats tons of food. So I try to keep everything in the house, like, you know, lunch meat and stuff to keep him kind of satiated and yeah. keeping, you know, him from throwing me out of the house, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those, those quick keto recipes are awesome too. You know, where they make like a, a sandwich out of the deli meat and then the lettuce and then whatever condiment is in there. The quick keto stuff is awesome too. Sometimes I do that when I don't have time for like the steak and eggs or the complicated keto recipe people make. And um, I kind of just want to get that out there too. There's such easy ways to do keto. At work, I'll just order like a a double cheeseburger with no buns and call call it a lunch. And uh, I think people are getting used to that. The the lunch ladies are now like, okay, this is this is a normal thing. We don't have to put buns on everything. Oh, the, yeah. The drive through peeps at Jack in the Box, like, oh, okay, we've seen this a hundred times now. So I think oh. keto is becoming much more mainstream now. I think what was that? Uh, Carl's Jr. has their own keto burger. In and Out has their protein style. Oh, I'm excited it- for In and Out. So I'm going to Texas at the end of the month. 
Yeah. I leave out. I, I'm heading to Texas April 30th, and uh-huh. I'm and gonna be in Dallas. And there's in and out Burger there, and I'm super excited. I haven't First had. Time? No, no, I haven't had it since um, the last time I had it was 20, 2016. I had just turned. Ke- I had just become keto. It was like December that year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd been keto for a couple of months and went down to visit a buddy of mine, and he had. And he and they had just really kind of opened up those uh, those In and Out burgers there, so we were able to get In and Out burger. But I've had it in like California, and I've had it in Arizona, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so so you're 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 In and Out fan. Oh, uh, really? I am a huge In and Out fan. Yeah, that's dope. Because I when people come to California and they talk all the smack about In and Out, I'm like, dude. That's my religion. You need to chill out. <laughs> well, I tell you, like when we were leaving Alabama last year, like we went to we went to Gulf Shores in July, and on the yeah. way out, we hit Whataburger because that's a place I've only had a handful of times. I still and, haven't tried it. I, I need to go. Oh, it's kind of. I mean, it's to me, it's not as good as In and Out, but it's different mm-hmm. from In and Out. And I got like the like the full big burger with the bun and everything on vacation. I got the mm-hmm. French fries. Their French fries are good. That's like In and Out fries are not my favorite fries. They're good, yeah, but I, I mean, and I'm and I'm okay with that. They're not that great because I'll get mm-hmm. you know like I'll get my uh, my four by two protein style. You know. Yeah. Have you had the the animal style fries? Uh no. They're they're not too bad. They they turned the cardboard fries into something edible. They, they pretty much put the a thing of uh, American cheese on top. Some I believe they're grilled onions and Thousand Island put in the yeah. microwave, and it's amazing, man. I I take that and I put it in the burger itself, and I just chomp on that all day. Like I know you're keto, but I wouldn't blame you. I wouldn't blame you if you had a bun with your In and Out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, I don't get in and out, but like every five, six years when we would go to Vegas, we would always stop in, in and out. Now there's one finally on the strip. So you don't have to like go off strip to get one. So in and out's a huge one for me. Like I'm not a huge fast food person. Um, okay. And I mean, we used to like a, a dinner for us on a normal night was drive through a Taco Bell, 20 mm-hmm. bucks a Taco Bell feeds the whole family for the night, you know? And I think, I mean, they're missing an opportunity by not doing low-carb tortillas. I think so, too, man. I think every place should have a low-carb option or or keto option because friend groups are mixed with health nuts and non-health nuts now. And I think, yeah, it, they make a ton of money getting all those keto folks in there. But I, I, mean, they, I think – I think they would go gangbusters, man. Like they would be like revitalized. Like, so there's a little pizza place in our town here Mm -hmm. and I never had their pizza before going keto, but after being keto for a while, they had their own keto crust. They have like, they use fat head dough. Uh huh. And then they have a, like a variation of the fat head dough for their breadsticks. So they've got keto pizza, keto breadsticks, they use the dough for their breadsticks for sandwiches. Then they have like, if you come in, they have a salad bar. And mm-hmm. if you're sitting there, they have keto soups. They're usually like four soups, two non-keto, two keto soups, like cheddar broccoli or hamburger soup or cheeseburger soup or whatever. So they'll have all of that. Then they have like a case full of like keto desserts. What? Like, yeah, yeah we go in there every awesome. once in a while. Dude, it's like, and I'm like, I don't understand why. 
you know, why hasn't, you know, Pizza Hut done this or why, you know, why hasn't Domino's done this or, and I know that I know the cost is, is different because this place sells like a, a medium pizza for like $15 mm-hmm. where I'm sure like their normal medium pizza is probably like $6 or $7 or something like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, I get the price difference, but that there's nothing better than going out on a night, like a date night and, and, and getting a pizza. Yeah. No, pizza is my favorite, man. And, and, and I, being on plan. On my cheat days, I go in on the fast food. I'm, <laughs> I'm t- I told you I'm a foodie, but I'm, I'm like a super simple foodie. I go for the McDonald's. I go for the In-N-Out. I go for the Taco Bell. I do the Domino's. I do the – I love Costco pizza. That's my jam oh. too. That's that. Oh, my God. They're Where Costco hot at, dogs, dude. Yeah, Costco hot. And the churros, when they're fresh, fresh churros are – I don't are, think I've ever had their churros. It's a hit or miss, man. Sometimes they sit under the heat lamps too long and they kind of mess up the, t- the roof of your mouth. Or, and sometimes they're nice and buttery soft. It's a gamble with those churros. So I've never had an but, actual churro. Do you ever have a Disneyland churro? No. Well, man, maybe 12 years ago when I was like in high school. <laughs> I'm but a big Disney nerd, so. I've never been to Disneyland, but I love like what Disney World. We were supposed to go this year, but everything going as it is, it's not happening. So I don't want to yeah. go and wear a mask and stand in like four hour lines and stuff. I oh, I know, man. The, I can't wait until we stop wearing masks. I I wear like the, one of those N95 masks at work at least nine out of the 12 hour day. So my face is just all ripped up and I'm getting pimples all over. And I just can't wait for the day where I just don't have to wear the mask anymore. Um, but, but you know, it's a, it's a small price to pay if I can do Disneyland, I'll do Disneyland for, for a mask, you know? Well, they're opening up and I think they're like, you can't scream on the rides. I'm like, how are you going to police that? How are you going to police that? I don't know. They're, they're just. California is weird, man. I don't know how you live there. I agree. (laughs) I agree with you, man. I've looked at moving out so many times this pandemic. I, I was just like. You know, at first I was like, oh, hell yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's lock down. We locked down quick. I was like, hell yeah. So we had to do something else now. We had to be smart. We have, we can share social distance, wear masks, but the crazy lockdowns in California, I'm, I'm just baffled that we're still doing it. But there's light at the end of the tunnel. People are kind of speaking up about it and uh, we're supposedly opening up in June. So let's see how that goes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, they, well, I think they've even removed our mask mandate here, but I think most businesses are still following the mask mandate, just having masks anyway. So Yeah, and, and it makes sense, you know, like, just because the government isn't going to uh, fine you or arrest you doesn't mean you won't do the, the common sense thing to, to do, you know, you'll still wear the mask. Like, people, I heard people in Texas, they still wear masks. Um, some business still, still mandated, but... It's just kind of weird that the government can just come in and tell you or force you to do something, you know. I don't know. It's a complicated subject. It's a complicated situation. Sure. That's why, I, I, you know, I bring it back to keto. Like, it's so important. Like, if we were all more healthy, this wouldn't have affected us as much, you know. And we wouldn't have to sustain so much, I don't know, death. We could have we could have maybe gone the other direction. I mean, you can't do anything about your age, but you can do something about your health. So, of course. Yeah. So I hope there's some 
health mandate. Oh, I don't like mandates actually. Let's just let's have like a health <laughs> movement. <laughs> yeah. Like for example, my dad, he's he's older, he's 65, he's he's a heavy smoker, had a prior heart attack, you know. I'm like, Dad, hell yeah, you need that vaccine, you know. My mom and I, we're just like, we're healthy. I got abs. It's going to roll off me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got abs. It's not going to affect know? me. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> that sounds really bad. And I don't want to diminish anyone's like suffering from COVID, but I, I, I describe it like this to my dad. I'm like, dad, for you, it's like fire insurance, you know. But for me, it's like volcano insurance, like volcano on Mars insurance. It's the volcano will most not likely erupt for me. You know, I'll, I think I already had it too. So, and I've been meaning to get one of those antibody tests to see if um, I've had it before or not. So I just hope all this COVID vaccine passport talk kind of goes away. I, I've been that terrifies that. me. Yeah. I don't want to have to show, I don't want to have to show somebody that I've been vaccinated to go to a concert or get on a plane. Yeah. I mean, I think you do if you're going overseas now, if you're going internationally or whatever. I think you have to have one of those. But, like, I'm flying at the end of the month, and I'm like, well, I don't even have – I've never even been tested or anything, you know? I mean, I don't leave the house. Yeah. I've yeah, never I had think- any symptoms. I've never had any – I mean, like, the, there was a stomach bug that went through our house last week, or the week like, a, like the end of last week, and I didn't even get it. Like, everybody – it went, like – down the line, everybody had this. They were down. They were tired. They were sick. They were, they were throwing up and doing all that stuff. Just normal, you know, springtime bug kind of stuff, I guess. But it didn't hit me. I was the only one that was like kept on moving. I was just taking care of everybody. Yeah, I feel you know? that. Like I think I think the vaccines overall are a net positive, right? I'm totally glad we have the tool. The but so, sometimes you just don't hammer and nail with the saw and everyone doesn't need the hammer right now. Some people might just need a diet. Some people just might need to watch their health or, and it's just so complicated. It's such a, such a big thing to take and put into your body. If you have no, if you have no or very low benefit, you know, it's for me, I'm a young guy, 28 years old. I feel like it's a high risk, low reward thing to do but i understand the benefit of a vaccine it's i i love the fact that we have the technology i love the fact that we made it so fast i love the fact that it's helping us get out of the pandemic but man we need to chill out with that vaccine passport talk (laughs) of course i mean even like just the get healthy side of it like during all this there was never well let's look at what kind of nutrition stuff that we have because i think Nobody think, you know, nobody looks at food as a means of getting healthy. Everybody looks at, well, if you're not taking medicine, if you're not taking your, you know, everybody talks about, well, this drug didn't work for me and this drug didn't work for me and this drug didn't work for me. And I'm still having these, these symptoms. I'm like, well, what else have you tried? Have you tried changing your diet? Have you yeah. tried an elimination diet? But that stuff is so like foreign or scary to people that they wouldn't even know where to begin. Or they just think like... Yeah they think that like I'm just pushing keto on them or whatever. Right. So, mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, I think that, have, you know, like if you like do jumping jacks and drink a lot of water and cut out soda, that might just give you like major life benefits. 
So it can, like keto is definitely like my favorite thing to prescribe to people or recommend. But man, even cutting out soda would be a great benefit to people. But yeah, once again, like I, I don't want to like downplay the benefits of the vaccine. I, I think it's a great tool, but I just don't think it's a one size fit all for everyone. And but man, dieting fits a lot of people. Or, or, or having a healthy lifestyle choice fits a lot of people. You, anyone can do it. Um, anyone, even if you're broke, you can still, it's not the healthiest thing because it's preservatives, but you can still go to your Jack in the Box and get a burger with no buns. If you're really uh, backed up on time or backed up on money, just go get, yeah, a burger with no buns. Go get a chicken sandwich with no buns. Get a salad and buy a, a cheap protein shake and see how like much your life changes because of that. And I, I think one mistake people do make about keto is that like they, they consider it a diet. They, yeah. they, I, I just try to let them know, Hey, it's, it, think of it as a lifestyle. Like don't think of it as like a two month diet. You get lean or ripped or thinner and you go back to your old lifestyle. I don't think it works like that. You have to just maintain it for at least the majority or 70, 60%. You know, you can't just go back to pounding beers and like swallowing burgers whole. You know, you just gotta. (laughs) (laughs) I think, and I hate to say that I'm lucky because whenever you get to be like 400 and some pounds, it's not luck. But I think with the mentality that I had at the time, having so much weight to lose going into it. I know my mindset was, well, once I get, once I lose all this weight, I'm going to be back to normal and I can do what I want. But I was lucky in the fact that I had so much weight to lose and I still haven't even hit all my goals and it's been five years. Right. But I was able to learn and grow and understand what I was doing it for and the benefits besides weight loss that I was able to go. Okay. Weight loss isn't the end-all, be-all. Weight loss is merely Mm -hmm. another symptom in a long line of things that are causing us problems. So if I can lose weight and then I've added all these other benefits, I'm off these medications, now I know that I'm not going to stop doing this long-term. I think that's where I was lucky. If I was somebody that only had like 20 pounds to lose, I may never have learned that. I feel that like, I feel like if the pandemic never hit, I would have never gotten this serious about keto. I I did it out of necessity. Like I thought I was going to get hit hard by COVID because I work with it so much. And in the beginning, we didn't have all the resources we needed or there was like a national global shortage, right? So even if we did, I thought we, we weren't. So I also was lucky that I kind of got forced into it, but I forced myself into it. No one really forced me, but I wanted to get as healthy as I could be to, to challenge the world, challenge the disease, you know? So yeah, maybe sometimes it takes a big life event to do this kind of lifestyle because it's so ingrained in our culture to indulge, to eat that dozen Krispy Kremes and then go get a Jamba Juice after and then (laughs) swallow a double-double, you know? (laughs) Just to wrap this up, I appreciate you being on here. Is there anything you want to promote? Do you want to put your social media information out there, your Instagram? Are you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on uh, everything but Twitter. I'm on Facebook, 
I'm on uh, Instagram and I'm on YouTube at Bwins, B-E-E-W-I-N-N-S, at Bwins. And I do a bunch of keto recipes, mostly Asian-related keto recipes. And thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Of course. Good talk. And I'll put everything in the in the description down below. As always, thanks again, everybody, so much for watching. Your continued support means a lot to me. And we'll see you next time.